If you have your Bible with you, you can turn to 2 Kings chapter 3. I'm going to skip around a few verses there, uh, but we'll start with verse 9 through 12. Uh, they have it on the board, at least the passage. And I made it another whole chapter into Kings, uh, 2 Kings. And so I, I really uh, have enjoyed in my, I, have, I am taking an Old Testament class uh, through Liberty University, and we've had a concentration in particular in the book of Kings. I was already preaching out of Kings before I knew that that was going to happen. And so uh, it's been good, good for me and hopefully uh, good for you. 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. We're going to skip down to verse 15 through 18 and then verse 20. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days, and there was no water. Say there was no water. No water. For the army, nor for the animals that followed them, and the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the kings of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. Can you say that with me? The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. But now bring me a musician. Say, bring me a musician. Bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord. Make this valley full of ditches. Can you say that with me? Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Can we say that together? This is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. That's so good. Let's say it again. This is a simple matter in the eyes of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Verse 20. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water. So what we have here are three kings who are going to go out into battle together. You have a wicked king of Israel. How many knows that after Solomon, uh, the, the kingdom split. There was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Ten tribes went to the north, two to the south. And as we look at this, the king of Israel, who is Jehoram, and guess whose son he is? He's Ahab's son, the most wicked king ever in the history of Israel. And here is his son, who's not quite as wicked, but he's still not a good man. So we have Jehoram and we have Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah. And then we have the king of Edom, who is not named. And they have come together and decided to march against Moab. Jehoshaphat was a godly king. The Bible tells us that. And that he mostly did good, though 
no kings were ever perfect. And then you have the king of Edom. And if you look at your Bible history, you will know that Edom comes from Esau, who was the brother of Jacob. His family, not in particular just him, but his family did not like the children of Israel. And see, we see that here is a good king, a very wicked king, and then someone whose family doesn't like you. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a good alliance. And so we must be careful who we ally ourselves with. That's just a, a side note, but it is very true that we must be careful who we ally ourselves with, and we must know someone in order to go into battle with them. How many have some prayer warrior partners with you know, you you know, you call them up because you know they've got your back. You know they're going to pray for you. You know they're going to hold you up, uh, and they're not going to put their foot on your back when you're down. Amen. We see this unholy alliance that comes together, and Jehoram, the wicked king of Israel, asked Jehoshaphat, "Which way should we go? What route should we take in order to get to Moab?" And he asked Jehoshaphat because Jehoshaphat had a lot of experience in battles. But nowhere in here do we see that Jehoshaphat asked God to give him insight. He did not ask God to, to help him plan a route. He simply said, let's go up from the, the south end of the Dead Sea. Now I've been there, folks. And it is, uh, the Bible some places calls it wilderness. It is desert. It is dead as dead can be, just like the Dead Sea. There is no water. And imagine what happens. I, I honestly think that the Lord would have told him to go a different way. Or he would have supplied supernaturally prior to. But they go seven days into this Desert. They go seven days and, and and there's no water to be found. The, the wicked king of Israel, because he is evil, how many knows when you're evil, your conscience will bother you? And so he says, God has let us come out here so that he can give us into the hands of Moab, who is an enemy of Israel and of Judah and of all of us. Luckily, not luckily, but God ordained that Jehoshaphat was there. If not for Jehoshaphat, those armies could have died in the, in the desert, in the wilderness. And he asked simply, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? You see, Jehoshaphat understood the power of a word from God. You see, one word from God can change everything. One word from God can change every circumstance and situation in your life. One word of God can turn you from going into uh, the depths of, of sin and despair and hopelessness and put you on the right path. If you just have one word from God, and my prayer this morning is that some, not maybe not all, but somebody needs a word of God 
what God wanted me to do. I mean, would say by a simple raising of hand that I need a word from the Lord this morning. One word of God can change everything. And we see that Jehoshaphat knew who Elisha was. He knew he was a man of God. He knew that the word of the Lord was with him. And I tell you that every week, you may think I do this number. Uh, today we're going to preach from Isaiah 62. I do not do that. I have had that happen accidentally. But every week I seek a word from God that will not only bless me and give me wisdom and direction, but that will lead this church down the path that God has ordained for us. Down a path that is all about winning people for Christ. Down a path that is about taking territory that the enemy has uh, tried to take from us and to take it back away and to restore families and relationships and to do all of these things. Every week I'm seeking a word from God. Because I need a word. And you need a word. And we need a word that will change the trajectory of our life. Jehoshaphat knew that Elisha had that word. And he asked for a musician. Teresa, will you go to the piano for me, please? How many felt the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit during our worship? Amen. You see, what happens when anointed worship begins to flow is that we all begin to worship in our own way. I already feel the Spirit of God. And we all begin to enter into that atmosphere of worship. And in the atmosphere of worship, which is the atmosphere of heaven, everything and all things are possible to them that believe. Do you feel that? Can, can we just take two minutes and raise our hands and begin to praise the Lord? Hallelujah. We bless you, mighty God. We praise you, Lord. Preachers, hear me. Elisha did not like the king of Israel. Matter of fact, he told him, and I, I skipped all of that. He said, if Jehoshaphat wasn't here, I would just walk away. I don't want to have anything to do with you. You're an evil king. You're bad. And I would just walk away. And I feel like he got a little bit upset. I mean, I've got a little bit upset. Even in the house of God, sometimes we get a little upset. And he said, I gotta get on a spirit of worship. Call me a musician. And I tell you that music will change your attitude. Spirit anointed, powerful spiritual music will change your attitude. Have you ever had that happen? You walk into the house of God and you're mad at the world. Everybody's mean, everybody's bad, everybody's against you. Uh, the devil. I'm going to begin to play. I'm going to begin to worship. 
something happens on the inside in your heart. And it begins to soften and it begins to loosen up and there is power in spiritual music and worship. So I like your calls for that. And it begins to play. It begins to, uh, I don't know if it's a harp or whatever it might be. But Elisha gets a word from God. I, I, I get a word from, well, when the worship is going on, that's when, when, when I'm up here, sometimes you'll see me do this number. I'll, I'll, I'll start looking for my Bible. I, and the Lord's speaking to me. And it's something to do with what he wants to tell the people. Because the worship atmosphere has come alive in the place. Why do I say all of that? Because you have something to do with the worship atmosphere in this place. Sometimes we come in looking like we've been baptized in pickle juice. Sometimes we come in like this morning and we begin to rejoice. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm joyful and I become powerful in the Lord, not in my own strength, but when I begin to worship. I don't, I'm not sitting. Can I tell you that I'm very thankful for the worship team? Not just my wife, but for the worship team. They have a heart for God. They, they, they like to use their talents for the Lord. And as I look at this man, and it doesn't tell us who it is. Nameless musician. Little did he know that as he begins to play, Elisha would get a word. Miracles would take place. And God would help to defeat the enemy. Hallelujah for a powerful worship of God. I mean, I, ooh, I just feel that presence of God in this house. It's, it's thick in this house. Thank God. Thank God for it. His spirit and the power of God came upon the prophet and they began to prophesy and they began to tell them fill this place with ditches God promised that there would be water where there was no water I could have bought a big shuttle but I decided that this old shovel would work See, in the spirit, I've been shoveling for a long time. I've been asking God to move. I've been praying. I've been digging deep, and I've been digging wide, and I've been digging long, and I've been praying. I've been asking God to make a difference in this world through me and through the church and the same people who need to know Christ as their Savior. to them that will be anointing go dig some ditches doesn't sound very spiritual does it but there's a principle 
God saying to them, I'm going to send so much water, so much blessing, that it's going to be more than the land can take all at one time. So you need to prepare in faith. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Prepare in faith for what God is about to do in your life. It takes faith and it takes hard work to receive what God's word has promised that he will deliver. Look at your neighbor and say, keep on digging. But pastor, I haven't seen the promise yet. I haven't seen God move financially like I need him to. I haven't seen God save my children yet. I haven't seen God do what he promised to do. Keep digging. Keep digging. It's a work of the Spirit. It's a work of faith. Yes, sometimes it might feel like hard work. But what God promised, He will do. That He will save to the uttermost. That He will fill with the power of His Holy Spirit. That He will move and do things that seem unimaginable. If we will just take care of our son, God, our God. Keep digging. Keep digging in the Spirit. Don't give up. I'm, I'm just preaching off, off what the Lord has given to me. Don't give up. Don't quit. Have they all come to pass yet? 
I tell you, man, if they have praised God, you are one out of 10,000. I got some babies that, that are my children that need to know the Lord, need to be active in, in the church, need to be a part of what God is doing. I got some extended family that need to know the Lord. There are some dreams that God has given to me for the church that have not come to pass yet. But we, look at your neighbor say, we must be hitches. What does that mean? Keep being faithful to what God has called you to do. Keep serving. Keep praying. Keep believing. Yes, keep giving. Keep doing all those things that God has laid upon your heart so that we might see a harvest. Praise the Lord. For there is a harvest coming. Thank you, Jesus. There's a harvest coming. Jesus told his disciples, he said, look for the harvest is ripe, it is white, it is ready. For now is the time of harvest. I know that from, from the seasonal standpoint, he's telling them that it's not time, but it's time in the spirit for a harvest of souls. I mean, we'd like to see your pew filled. There's some pews that don't have anybody It's not anything supernatural on our part, except getting ready for what God is going to do. God is the supernatural. God is the one that supplies. God is the one that makes the way. We just must remain faithful to Him. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, keep digging ditches. I'm going to wrap it up with this. What seems impossible to you what seems like it's just asking God for too much. And can I just tell you that I'm asking God to help us pay off that property and build a brand new building that will seat at first 350 to be extended to 500. Because that's what God has put on my heart, that there be an outpouring and a harvest for His kingdom. Not so people can look back and they probably won't even remember my name. I ain't nobody. I'm not anybody. But I know a God who is somebody. Who's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. And it's a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. No matter this morning, if you came here, I don't care if it was a terminal disease that the doctor has told you about or it is a financial matter or whatever it might be. It's simple in the eyes of the Lord. It's simple to the creator of the universe because he's a big and mighty and powerful God. Nothing is too big for him. Nothing. So this morning, I encourage you Keep digging. Keep believing God for what seems impossible. Keep pushing. It's hard work. Pastor Terry already give out on it. It's hard work. And he ain't even really shoveling. Kid, I love you, man. We gotta keep digging. We come too far to turn back. 